welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devat Torah called Parshas Vayetze, Prayer from the Depth of Your Heart. Shalom to everyone. This week's Parsha, Parshas Vayetze. Yaakov is married to Leah and Rachel, and Leah has several kids already. And right after she had Yehuda, then Rachel comes up to her husband, and we know that Yaakov really liked Rachel more, and he wanted her to have kids. But Rachel couldn't take it anymore that she wasn't having kids, so she desperately approached Yaakov Avinu, and she said to him, Please, please ensure I have kids. If not, I feel like I'm dead. And then it seemed like Yaakov got really upset, and Yaakov said, He got angry which in itself is a question. We know ang- anger is a very bad midah. And it says, Am I instead of Hashem that I stopped you from having kids? So he sto- he's speaking very harshly to Rachel. How can it be? How can he speak like that to her? Shouldn't he care for her? That indeed, to a certain extent, Hashem punished him because the Bereshis Rabbah says, that's how you speak to someone that's in, in distress. At the end, you'll see that your other sons in the future will have to stand in front of her son. And we know her son is going to be Yosef. He's going to be like the, the king of Egypt and the other brothers are going to have to bow down to him. So the question is, what was Yaakov thinking? A, why did he get angry? And number two, why was he acting like that towards Rachel? And even though we know Rashi explains that Yaakov said to her, it's not me, it's not the same as my father. I know my father Yitzchak, he davened to help Rivka have kids, but that's because he didn't have kids. But you see, the problem's not with me. Hashem gave me kids from, from uh, Leah. So I'm not the problem. You, it's, it's up to you. How can he speak like that? And question number two is that we know that Yaakov, as the Gemara in Brachos tells us, that Yaakov was yearning to have kids from her because the, brachos daf, the Gemara in Brachos Daf Samech says that Yaakov knew he was going to have 12 tribes coming from him, Shivtei Ka, Shivtei Israel, and he really wanted that the main boys will come, the main Shvatim will come from Rachel. So indeed he was yearning for her to have kids. So, so why didn't he daven? Why, why, and why did he speak so harshly to her? To answer this question, first we'll say a story, a famous story in the Navi in Shmuel Aleph where Chanah was married to Elkanah for many years and uh, he had another wife, Pnina, and Pnina had many kids, but Chanah had no kids. And what happened? One year she came, every year they were going to the Mish- to Mishkan Shiloh and there she davened Takadish Bulchu one time from f- f- pure, 100% purity from her heart and she even made a nether. She vowed that if she has a kid, she's totally going to devote him to Hashem, which ended up being Shmuel. And she, and the question the Malbim asks is, what? He, but she went to the Mishkan Hashem every year to Shiloh. So what was different this year? That only this year, Dafka this year, she davened in a way that Hashem answered her prayers. What was so unique? What happened? And why did she make a nether, a vow, Dafka this year? What happened? The Malbim explains that the whole reason she reached this level of tefillah and she really, she even made a vow, an edel, and she really, she, and she, she was crying so much, and from her heart she was davening, and we know that 
from Tfilas Chana, Gemara and Bochos teaches us all kinds of halachot, laws of pertaining to how to daven Hashem. What happened? The reason is it comes right after that she comes to her husband, Elkanah, and she says, I'm really, I really want to have kids, and he sees she's really down. So what is, he tries to make her feel better, and he says, why are you so upset? I'm better than ten kids. I love you more than any other. I love you more than the other wife. So why are you upset? I'm like ten kids. I'm worth like ten kids for you. And at the end of the day, the Malbim says, it was at this point she realized she can't depend on anyone else to daven for her. Because he's not feeling what she's feeling. It's only her. And only she can daven to Hashem. And she realized she can't rely on anyone else. And it's only based on her. Once she realized that, then she davened with all her might, from all her heart, from her tears, etc. And through that, she decided, I'm even going to make a vow. And then her prayers were answered. Because the purity of the tefillah, when you know, you feel it emotionally, and also, not only emotionally, but also from your mind, you, you realize it's only HaKadosh Baruch and it's only dependent on my davening Tashem. that's, when you daven in a special way and it reach, reaches a certain level, a very high level of davening. A similar thing says Rav Itzelim He says the following. He says, why is it that when Bnei Salom slaves in Egypt, it says like this, it says, in those days, and the king of Egypt died, and then suddenly Bnei Salom screamed in a very unique way, Tashem, Vayizaku, and Batal Shavatam Elokim, and they're crying out Tashem, which obviously implies of some sort of purity of crying Tashem. Shem listened to them, and, he, and, the, and the salvation started. And the question is, he asks, what, what is, why does it come right after the event of the king dying? What does it have to do with anything? And he answers, because Kol Od, the king, was the same king, but he was alive. They said, okay, once once the dictatorship will change. Whoever is the leader will change. There's a chance that everything's going to change for us. So they were hoping that's what's going to happen. But once they saw the king changed and the leadership changed and still they're acting in the same way to them, then they realized, wow, we really have no one to rely on but Hashem. And that's when they screamed to Hashem. Meaning, once you see and you realize that nothing else can help you, Meaning there's not even an optical illusion around to make you think that things are going to be okay. There's no doctor, it's a, uh, there's no cure out there, chas v'shalom, or something like that. Then you realize, wow, it's only, be, it's only dependent on me davening to Hashem. And that's when you, halavai, we always feel like that, we should always feel like that, that no matter what, even though it's a very, seems like a sickness that there's a cure out there, everything's an optical illusion, we know that. Everything is really HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why a person, before he takes any pill, he, there's a special, uh, a short prayer one says that I know that this should help me because you know it's only going to help if Hashem decrees it's going to help. Same too, there's a little prayer one should say before he goes to a surgeon, etc. Because everything's come from HaKadosh Baruch Based on this, we can answer our, our questions. Yaakov Avinu realized this concept. And he saw Rachel was not getting kids and of course he wanted Rachel to have kids. And of course angry, to be angry in the heart is the worst thing. The Gemara says it's like a void of Zara, it's a horrible thing. You can't even control it. But Yaakov Avinu, but the, even Ochit Tzadikim, which goes through all the Midois and how a person should act, and what's a good Midah, what's a bad Midah, even though he says being angry is a very bad Midah, but he says there are times that one should use it. But all his examples are examples 
of showing as if you're angry, not really internalizing anger in your heart, but just showing as if you're angry to ensure that that your kids, your household will realize this is a very bad thing, or your Talmudim, your students will be will realize it's a bad thing. Also here, Yaakov Avinu, of course, wasn't angry in his heart. He really wanted her to daven, and he realized the only way she has a chance to change the decree that she and that she will have kids is if she daven with all her heart, and that can only be once she thinks at least that it's only up to her. And Yaakov Avinu is okay with the situation. So Yaakov Avinu made her think, it's, what do you want from me? I, I, it has nothing to do with me. I'm able to have kids. I'm not instead of Hashem. I can't decide if you have kids or not. And he made her come to the conclusion, which she did, that it's only dependent on my davening. And that's when she gave it all she had because she realized the only person we really, the only thing we can rely on is HaKadosh Bochu. And indeed, Bishchut, those davening, those unique prayers that Rachel did from Mi'oymek Daliba, from the deepness of her heart, that's what HaKadosh Bochu answered. And indeed, if you look carefully, it seems like this is Meduyak in the Ramban. The Ramban says, the righteous person, Rachel, once she realized she could not trust the davening of Yaakov, she, came, she started davening in a different level. She, she returned to daven to Hashem on her own, to the only person that listens to true crying, which is HaKadosh Buhu. And then says the Ramban, and then it says, Hashem listened to her davening, and through that everything changed, and she was zoichet to have kids. Etc. Similar idea we see with Esther Amalka. Esther Amalka did something. The Gemara asked, "Why did she do this?" It seems against all logic. Defies all logic. She invited to the Mishta with a Chashverosh Haman Arasha. Why would she do that? Why? Why she invite him? Just speak to Chashverosh direct to the King of Chashverosh and tell him, "Please get rid of the decree against the Jewish people." And the answer is one of the answers the Gemara gives is because she wanted Bnei Israel to think that she really, they can't rely on her. Because they were thinking to themselves, ah, everything will be okay. Why? We can rely on the fact that we have a sister in the kingship. She'll take care of us. We're connected. We have protection, as they say over here. We have connections. So she didn't want, once they think that, then they will daven from Mi'omik Daliba, from the deepness of their, of their hearts. And therefore she said, I'm going to make them think and trick them to think that, oh no, she, she went crazy. Why, why is she inviting Haman? We can't trust her. We have to daven. The only way we can get rid of this is by davening to Hashem. And that's what she wanted. She wanted to have their tefillois, their davening, their prayers to ensure that everything will go the right way. This is based on the Megillah and Daftes Vav. I'd like to end with a story that I think I said once in a different, uh, with a different Vatayra. But I would like to end with a story that once there was a girl that came running desperately to the top, top doctor that was a neighbor next to their house. And she said to him, please, please come to my house. My mom's, my mom's really sick. She can barely breathe. Please come and save her. And the doctor says, hold on a second. I'm going to put a jacket on. Do you think this jacket looks good? And she goes, please, please, desperately, my mom, my mom needs you. So he says, okay, maybe this jacket, what do you think? With this tie, it goes well, with this hat. And she realizes what's going on. She couldn't take any more shoes. She screamed, Hashem, please help me, help me. Help me make this doctor come. And the second she says, Hashem, please help me, then the doctor said, okay, now I'm ready to come. Now I'm ready to come. 
Why? It's the same idea, because the doctor said, she asked him after, why did you do that? Why did you just come? Because he said, I see a totally different outcome when the people that I'm, the family members of the patients that I go to, they realize that it's not me, it's Hashem. And when you have trust in Hashem, you don't Hashem, there's more siyata de shmaya that everything will end up well. As my brother, who Eitan, who's an ENT surgeon in Vancouver, he told me that, and, and I he also portrays this idea, despite being a surgeon, he makes people realize that it's Hashem is the one that's really doing everything. And as a result, one of his uh, patients is a carpenter, and he bought him as a present a piece of wood carved out, which I think is exactly this idea, portrays this idea. It says, Hashem, God heals, doctors just put the band-aid on, or something along those lines. Yeratzanda will be able to live our lives through this idea that really it's all a Buhu. It's all Hashem. And we always should dove into Hashem for everything that we go through. And that way we also live with Hashem and realize we're totally dependent on Hashem and there's no one else we're dependent on. It's only a Buhu. It might seem through the optical illusion Hashem creates for us, which we know yields the opportunity for Pchira Chofshid, for have a freedom of choice, because if there's no optical illusion, it would be obvious Hashem runs the world. But we should, but it's our job to see right through that optical illusion and realize Ein Oid Milvado, it's only a Kadesh Bocho. A good in Shabbos. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Drabasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. PrismaofTorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, PrismaofTorah.com This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Le Bastiano, Yaakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Doiv, Yitzhak Isaac, Ben Moshe.